The New York Giants host the Seattle Seahawks in a critical crossroad type of game for Big Blue. Can the G-Men save their season? We'll take a look at the key storylines, matchups, and more on this special crossover edition of Locked On Giants and Locked On Seahawks coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome on in, everybody. Hello to the Giant fans. Hello to the Seattle Seahawks fans to this special crossover edition of Locked On Giants, Locked On Seahawks. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train, host of Locked On Giants. And Corbin Smith is the gentleman that you hear and see to my side there. He is the host of Locked On Seahawks. And we are going to break down everything you need to know for the big Monday night matchup at the Meadowlands, Seattle at New York Giants. Corbin, welcome on into the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this uh matchup of two teams that came into the season with pretty high expectations and uh, to this point one team looks like maybe starting to figure things out the other one's still trying to turn on that light switch and get things going this season for sure for sure and we're going to break all that down but first a quick welcome and salute to our everydayers to our first timers and everybody in between we appreciate you you can find both our podcasts free and available wherever you get podcasts and, of course, on YouTube. And, Corbin, let's start off by talking about the major storylines. And since Seattle is the visitor, I'll let you go first. What are some of the big storylines we need to be aware of? I think it really boils down to health going into this game for the Seahawks. Last week, the final injury report, they had seven players that were questionable. They had four that were already ruled out. On their Thursday practice, almost a third of their roster was either limited or inactive. This team looked like a mash unit last week. And yet here we go into this Monday night game and Seattle's expecting to get starting left tackle, Charles Cross, star quarterback, Reek Woolen, and most importantly, Jamal Adams back on the field this week. So Jamal Adams is going to be returning after missing a calendar year from a torn quad tendon. The Seahawks have really slow played this process. He probably could have played a couple weeks ago, but they wanted to make sure when he was ready to play that he was truly ready to play. No limitations, according to Pete Carroll. So he gets to go back to his old stopping grounds. It isn't against his former team, but he gets to play at MetLife Stadium for the first time since the Jets traded him to the Seahawks. And Pete Carroll and company, they are very excited to get him back on defense because I think a lot of people forget how good of a player Jamal Adams is when he's healthy and they think he can be the real difference maker for a defense that has made some improvements the last couple of weeks, but they're still giving up a lot of passing yards. The pass rush has gotten better the last few weeks, but they think Jamal Adams can be that catalyst that can really take this defense to another level. So getting healthier in the secondary, getting Charles Cross back to protect Geno Smith and his return to MetLife Stadium as well. Uh, they're riding a two game win streak. They're going to be a lot healthier going into this game. So 
a lot of positives there with that extra day to prepare for a Monday night football game to get a lot of starters back on the field for a team that feels like it's an ascending unit that is surging a bit here in the last few weeks. Can they keep that rolling with some of their star players coming back into the lineup? To me, that is the key storyline going into this game for Seattle. And Corbin, just before I jump into the giant key storylines, let me just follow up on that on the Jamal Adams return. What has been missing from the defense with him on the sideline, and how do you expect it to really change? Well, I think the first thing is just the energy, the infectious energy that he brings to the defense when he is out on the field. Everybody feeds off of that, and they've been missing that since he went out in the season opener last year in a win over Russell Wilson, the Broncos, and. There's just a tangible energy that he brings that nobody else can bring to the field. And the pass rushing ability, the run defense, Seattle's run defense has been really good the first three weeks anyway. But I think Jamal Adams is just going to make that group even better. And most importantly, I know a lot of Seahawks fans don't agree with me on this, but I'm going to stick with my guns. I think Jamal Adams is a very underrated coverage defender, particularly against tight ends. And this week they're going to have Darren Waller to deal with. So getting him back on the field, a physical cover safety that can match up well with athletic tight ends, I think that is something that is really going to be a boost to their pass defense moving forward. All right. Now, from the Giants' perspective, the Giants have had or will have had 11 days from their week three loss to the 49ers to get ready for this game. Now, the fact that the Giants are currently one and two, I don't think is a huge shock to a lot of people because we kind of expected it might be this way. What has been a surprise for the Giants, though, is how they got to one and two and that they have looked lifeless. They have had problems. They have gone backwards in so many areas. They need a get right game. And the Seahawks, you know, they're, they're no pushover. So if you're looking for a get right game, this has to be it. But it's going to be tough. The Giants, not good on Monday night football. They're not good in primetime, period. Um, and if they lose this game, then the Giants, of course, they have um, Miami following. And then Buffalo, two very, very tough teams. If the Giants don't win this one, things are going to get really, really ugly around the big blue community in a hurry. So not just, you know, in terms of the, of the record, but you can see the coaching staff may be coming under fire because last year it just seemed like Brian Dable and his staff had all the answers. They were able to pull the team back from the fire this year. The big question is, can they do it again? And they have to do so with a win against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night at home. So that's the number one storyline for the giants. Now the number two storyline is the Giants need to play better. And I'm not just talking at one position. I'm talking across the board. The offensive line, we are looking at maybe the fourth different version in as many games because of injuries and performance. So new offensive line and the, the first three versions of the offensive line, not very good. Uh, Daniel Jones has looked you know, scared and spooked, if you will, back there in the pocket. Um the running games, they may or may not have Saquon Barkley back. We don't know. I think right now Saquon Barkley is 50-50 to return from that high ankle sprain. Uh, they need to get that going. On defense, this has been the biggest surprise. The defense, the run defense has been terrible. So that scares me, you know, going up against Kenneth Walker the third, which we'll talk about match matchups coming up. And the pass defense, you know, the, the pass rushes, you know, just not there. And a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of opposing teams are – countering the Giants blitz attack 
by getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. So a lot of questions unanswered right now for the Giants. And like I said, that 11-day break that they have going on right now, they better come up with some answers and come up with some answers quick because if they let this one get away, Lord help us all here in the land of the Giants. So those are our main storylines for the Giants and the Seahawks. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk matchups. What are the key matchups that can make or break each side's team? You got Patricia Trainer, Corbin Smith, Locked on Giants, Locked on Seahawks. We will get that to you in just a moment. Hey guys, if you're looking for your best shave ever, then you need to check out Harry's. From their legendary high quality razors to skincare products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. And they deliver their products straight to your door. My husband recently started using Harry's shaving products and he loves the clean, close shave he gets that allows him to go for days looking fresh without messing up his skin. Harry's starter set includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. And you can schedule automatic refills for as low as $2, half of what you would pay for other blades when you open an account. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction rating in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. Get your best shave ever this year with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter kit. All right, everybody, welcome back to the special crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Seahawks. Patricia Traina, host of Locked On Giants, Corbin Smith, host of Locked On Seahawks. And in this segment, we're going to talk about key matchups that can make or break each team's side of the game. Corbin, who are you looking at on each side of the ball for the Seahawks? Well, I got to start with what I think is always the most pressing matchup when Seattle plays against the New York Giants, and that is their interior offensive line going up against Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams when he slides inside. That defensive line, even though the results have not been there the first three games that the Giants expected, this is a group that always seems to step up their game when they play the Seahawks. They had a really good game last year, even though Seattle won that matchup. The defensive line was not the reason why. They shut down Ken Walker the third and the run game. They were able to stalemate the line of scrimmage. But it's a little bit different situation this year because the Seahawks offensive line has actually been, even with injuries, a under-the-radar strength for this football team. And they've had, like I said, injuries. Both their tackles have been out the last couple games. They're not going to have Abraham Lucas in this game. He's still an injured reserve. But Charles Cross has a good chance to be back in the interior. Damian Lewis looks like he's going to be okay after missing a few plays in Sunday's win over the Panthers. They're expecting to get Phil Haynes back. And Evan Brown, who formerly played for the Giants, he has been a major upgrade at the center position so far. He is playing really sound football. So, That is the encouraging thing for the Seahawks. I feel like they have the best offensive line that they have had maybe since their Super Bowl year in 2013, and there's still been some injuries. So this group has a chance to be even better when they get some of their starters back in the lineup. Uh, But that is still going to be the matchup to watch because Dexter Lawrence has ruined game plans for the Seahawks in previous matchups. They've had a lot of issues with Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. Are the Seahawks going to be able to protect Geno Smith well enough? Geno does a great job getting rid of the football. 
And Shane Waldron has done a nice job the last couple of weeks scheming up the quick passing game, which has hurt the Giants. But still, you have to find ways to protect your quarterback. And I'm most concerned about the interior with this team and the Giants finding a way to shrink the pocket down, force Geno into some tough decisions, maybe some rush throws. That would be my big concern. And, of course, the run game, which was not effective against the Giants last year. Seattle's going to be hoping that this much-improved offensive line and the addition of Zach Charbonnet in the backfield to go with Ken Walker III, they can build off the fact they had over 140 rushing yards against the Panthers last week, and they can carry that over. But that's going to be a tough task against this Giants team. As for the other side of the football, under the premise that Saquon Barkley may or may not play in this game, I'm actually going to shift away. I'm looking at Darren Waller against Jamal Adams. That, to me, is one of the signature matchups to watch here because the Giants receivers, it has been a struggle for them this year. And Daniel Jones has taken a step back with the new contract that he has. He and Geno Smith have gone divergent past. Geno Smith is still playing like he did last year. 70-plus percent completion rate, only one interception. He is throwing the ball all over the field, playing with confidence. And Daniel Jones just doesn't look anything like he did last year to this point. But he's got this new weapon at tight end. Seattle has historically struggled with tight ends. Can Jamal Adams step right back into the lineup and be a difference maker as they're hoping in that regard? Can they match former Giant Julian Love up against him some as well? He had his best half of football in the second half against the Panthers, seems like he's finally starting to figure things out. So they like the personnel they have, but Darren Waller's athleticism, his pass-catching ability could be a potential concern in this game if the pass rush is not able to take advantage of the Giants' offensive line issues. All right, and let me ask you this, Corbin. What do you see as the biggest X factor in terms of the matchups? I think it's got to be Jamal Adams. We just don't know. We don't know what Jamal Adams is going to look like. It's been a calendar year. Since he has played in a game, the Seahawks are confident that he is going to be the Jamal Adams of old, but we haven't seen him on the field, so we don't know. In the full part, uh, full participant practice he's been in, reporters don't have access, so we don't know what Jamal Adams is going to look like. If he's the Jamal Adams of old, that is going to be a big-time positive difference for the Seahawks. If he comes out rusty or he's playing with too much energy, which is a problem sometimes for Jamal, if he is too much into the hype, as Pete Carroll said, then that could be a situation where he ends up giving up a few big plays in this game. So I think he is the X factor, just the unknown. What is Jamal Adams going to look like coming back from a torn quad tendon? All right. Now, for the New York Giants, the number one matchup that I have my eye on is the run defense versus Kenneth Walker and that Seattle run rushing attack. The Giants run defense this past offseason, general manager Joe Shane poured a bunch of resources into upgrading the run defense. They added Bobby Okereke at, at inside linebacker. They added um, Ashawn Robinson and uh, Raheem Nunez-Rochez to the defensive line so that if Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence have to come out, those guys can step in and hopefully not have a drop-off. Thus far, though, the Giants' run defense has picked up where it has left off last year, and I don't mean that in a good way. Last year, the Giants' run defense ranked 27th against the run. This year, I believe they're ranked 26th. Um, they are ranked 29th in, in the league in rushing attempts, yards, and touchdowns allowed. Um, twice the size of their current backfield's production, those latter two uh, categories. The... Uh, 
the wind, the run stop win rate ranked 20th across, um, according to ESPN, just not a very good run defense. And we all know that if you want to keep things flowing, you've got to stop the run. If you don't stop the run and the opponent is able to pick up four, five, six yards on first down and second down using, you know, the run that opens up all kinds of possibilities. And with the giants being an aggressive uh, blitz team, so far, it has just worked against them. So they need for that running game to be shut down. They need to shut down that Seattle running game. They cannot let Kenneth Walker III run crazy on them. Flipping around, my big concern with the Giants, as I mentioned at the top of the program, the offensive line. This is going to be the fourth different starting offensive line for this unit. Now, hopefully the Giants will get Andrew Thomas back. They think they will. At left guard, Go, they should have Ben Bredesen back out of the concussion protocol. Center John Michael Schmitz, the right guard, is going to be new, uh, the new factor as far as the combination goes. It's going to be Marcus McCathin's second-year offensive lineman. Now, Marcus McCathin was not in the week one lineup against the Dallas Cowboys. So this is what makes it the new, you know, the fourth different combination. And then, of course, Evan Neal on the edge. Evan Neal has struggled. He has continued to struggle in keeping his edge clean. So Thomas should be good to go, but how good is he going to really be with that hamstring injury, which if he were a skill position player, he probably wouldn't be playing or there wouldn't probably would even be thoughts of him playing this week, but he's going to try and give it a go. And can the giants finally, finally give Daniel Jones some time in which to operate? He has not had that time the Giants, I think, are second, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of pressures allowed. Daniel Jones has looked basically skittish. And, you know, part of it's on him, but part of it is on that offensive line. And if that offensive line cannot hold up, if they can't run block, if they can't pass protect, then what are we doing here for the Giants? I mean, seriously. And the Seahawks are coming off a game where they had almost 40 pressures as a team. Mm -hmm. So they, the pass rush, now Carolina's offensive line has been probably the worst in the NFL, at least in the interior, giving up pressures. But still, the Giants have had those issues. So Seattle's probably looking at this like, hey, this is another opportunity yep. for us to take another step forward where we're turning up the heat on Daniel Jones, who's already been feeling that heat here these first three weeks. Yes, and, to, and to, to add to that, Daniel Jones, you watch him, and he's missing guys who are open, so you can kind of sense that his internal clock now is a little off. So that offensive line has got to settle down. It's got to play well. Now, is this going to be the combination they go with moving forward, assuming that there are no more injuries? That remains to be seen. But the fact that here we are, we're in game four of, of the NFL season, and this unit is still not settled. And again, part of it's been due to injuries. Part of it has been due to performance. That is a big, big red flag for me. And for a lot of giant, you know, giants media, giants fans, probably for the coaches as well, because they got to get more out of that unit. Otherwise this season is, is doomed. It's, it's that simple. So those are my two biggest key matchups. Now coming up next, we're going to talk predictions and final thoughts ahead of this Monday night football matchup. You got Patricia Trainer, Locked on Giants, Corbin Smith, Locked on Seahawks. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. If you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, 
you need to check out prize picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry. And best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, when each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL And that promo code is NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the crossover edition, Locked On Giants, Locked On Seahawks, Monday Night Football. The two teams meet at MetLife Stadium. And uh, Corbin, the Giants just haven't been very good in primetime. You know, they've, they've had so far two primetime games, a Sunday night against the Cowboys. They were embarrassed. Uh, the Thursday night game against Seattle, uh, I'm sorry, against uh, San Francisco, that didn't end well for them. I'm not feeling good about the Giants' chances this week. I mean, nighttime games just don't favor them. Um, so I'm going to, as much as I hate to say this, because I know it has to be a get-right game for the Giants, I'm not feeling good about this game at all. I mean, how are you feeling about the Seahawks' chances? This one is kind of weird for me because I feel like on paper and based on the way things have gone the last couple of weeks that Seattle, the one and a half point spread, I think is really low. I actually think Seattle should be favored by more than that based on the fact they've put up 37 points each of the last two games. Geno Smith is playing well and, and they've had their struggles. I mean, their third down offense has been abysmal. So if they can get that figured out, good luck slowing this unit down. But maybe this is the week they get that right. But the Giants still have enough proven pieces on defense, particularly that defensive line, where I have some concerns. Can Seattle's offensive line, with some of the injuries they've had, even though I think it's a much better group than they've had in a long time, are they going to be able to hold up there? Can they run the ball effectively like they did last week? The Giants have had major issues there, but they were struggling last season, and then they shut the Seahawks' run game down in that matchup in Week 8. So, I look at this game and I feel like that's really a big key. Can Seattle run the football effectively and keep the Giants back on their heels? Because quite frankly, the Giants secondary has struggled too. They've given up a lot of big plays. And I look at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba's waiting for his breakout game. It feels like that's going to be coming here soon. I don't know if it's going to be this week, but that secondary has really taken a step back too with the run game falling apart and not being able to get you know better second and third down opportunities. So Seattle's got a lot of advantages from a matchup standpoint to work with, but they've got to be able to run the football to keep that pass rush at bay, not let that pass rush wake up and get after Geno Smith and be able to take some of those shots downfield off of play action, mixing a lot of under center. So I'm looking at that on defense. You know, if Saquon Barkley plays, that's going to be a concern. Can you slow him down? even if he isn't 100%, and keeping Darren Waller from destroying you. I feel like that is the one position that could be a major problem here. And no pressure, Jamal Adams, first game back, but he is going to be tasked with that coverage. 
can you play sound coverage on Darren Waller and not let him and Daniel Jones get going? But as far as the spread goes, I would still hedge. I'm not going to give my score prediction until our Friday show, but I think that the Seahawks, I would expect them to be able to to cover that, that one-and-a-half-point favorite. And I would probably go into this game looking at this as a plus-five or a plus-six for the Seahawks just because it feels like they've been clicking on all cylinders for the most part the last two weeks and the Giants are still trying to figure things out. But this is a playoff team last year. At some point, Brian Dable, you have to think he's going to push a few buttons that are going to work. So could that be this week? We'll have to wait and see. I'm expecting it to be a fairly close game. But one and a half points, I I feel like the Seahawks should be favored by a bit more than that going into this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was surprised that the the point spread was so low. The Giants averaging, I think it's 14.3 points a game. All right, through three games. That is not what I'm sure the coaches drawed up, drew up in, in the uh the offseason. Um, what they were expecting. The explosive plays haven't been there because of the offensive line woes. You mentioned the Giants defensive secondary. That's a young secondary. You've got a rookie cornerback there in Deontay Banks, who by the way has an arm injury. He is expected to play. Sometimes they mix in Trey Hawkins, their six-round pick. He's you know, gets in there with Dory Jackson coming down in the slot. So you're right. The Giants defensive secondary that they've had their struggles too. Xavier McKinney has not played well the last couple of games. And, you know, there's some questions as to whether he's been playing out of position or they've been, they've changed up his role, but, you know, as far as this game goes, I just, you know, I don't want to give a score prediction myself because I'm going to hold off on that, but um, I could see this easily being a two point, I'm sorry, two score game in favor of the Seattle Seahawks. The Giants just don't do well in primetime games, you know, and and like I said, they've had or will have had 11 days to figure this out. And there's just so many things that they need to figure out. Can they get all of them settled in time? And I just don't know. And, you know, for me, you know, you mentioned Saquon Barkley and will he play? I, I think right now he's 50-50 to return. You know, if he if that ankle, which he revealed is a high ankle sprain, but not a severe high ankle sprain, if that ankle is not even remotely well enough, hold him out and save him for the following weekend's game against Miami, where, you know, maybe, you know, the extra time will help him out. But yeah, I'm not feeling good about this one. And I'm usually pretty optimistic. My listeners know that I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to the Giants, but I got to have a reason to be optimistic. And unfortunately, this team really hasn't shown me it. So until I see otherwise, I'm not, I'm, I'm going with Seattle on this one. And I'll give a score later on uh, on the Friday show. But uh, yeah, guys, sorry, Giant fans. I, I'm not feeling it this week. And, you know, if Giants fans want a silver lining or they want a reason to have hope, the Seahawks do have a history of playing down to teams. That is something that has happened before. If Seahawks fans want a little bit of reason to have more optimism, though, or a reason to be excited about the possibilities in this game, all three years that Seahawks have made the Super Bowl, they've beaten the Giants at MetLife Stadium. So if they can get it done on Monday night football, this has been a team under Pete Carroll that has historically played really well for the most part in primetime games. If they can get it done again at MetLife Stadium and check that one off, they'll be three and one and they'll have that win on the road over the Giants. Maybe that means they can get back to the Super Bowl this year because history has suggested that that is something that has to happen for them to make the Super Bowl. So obviously a random factoid, but that's something Seahawks fans should be thinking about going into this one. 
Well, I mean, with the Giant fans, and we'll talk about this coming up, but the two, the last two Super Bowls the Giants have made, they beat the AFC East teams. But, you know, this that's for down the road. We, we got to take care of the Seahawks first. But anyway, Corbin, great stuff as always. Always a pleasure to, to, to get on the call with you and do these shows. Giant fans, Seattle fans, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, be sure to watch our respective podcasts, Locked on Giants, Locked on Seahawks. We've got plenty more content coming up for you this week. For Corbin Smith, I'm Patricia Trena. We will talk to you again tomorrow.